Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Curry with 12 seconds left with the dribble after the made free throws. Stops in traffic, finds Wiggins. He's open, catch and shoot three. And Andrew Wiggins with a 17-point first half. Man, is he hot. He has really played with confidence since being named an All-Star. Welcome in. It is Warriors Wrap-Up. I'm Matt Kolsky with you after the Warriors take care of the Rockets, 122-108. And look, I, I thought the Rockets played well. I mean, considering... They, they hit some tough shots. I thought the Warriors generally played pretty well as well. And then when it came down to uh, winning time, Steph Curry took care of business. Nobody else had to worry about anything. Can we say Steph is back? I don't know. I don't know what... <clears throat> I don't know what the standard is anymore. Because... You know, even during this brutal slump, there have been some good games, right? Um, This is obviously a great game. But, you know, there were back-to-back games against Dallas and Minnesota where I think you're pretty happy with what you got from Steph Curry. So... I don't know if we say he's back, but that's three out of four now where he's looked at least pretty good, and tonight was a classic. He passes Kobe Bryant for most 20-point quarters in NBA history, which is a pretty incredible thing. Also, uh, I heard this is a regular season best. Is that Could that be right? That can't be right. Because he only had 21 in the fourth. What was Tim saying about the regular season? Uh, there was some other mark that he said. That I, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on exactly what Tim Roy said. But Tim Roy had another record. And, you know, we're going to see those a lot over the next few years. But a 40-point night, 13-23 overall, 7-14, can we say Steph is back? 
you can call us or text us at that number. And beyond the obvious excitement with Steph, and I think I, I do think we should be excited. Maybe Kevin Porter Jr. was all it took to end Steph's slump. Just Kevin Porter Jr. being Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> he is a uh, roller coaster experience. He could do some stuff, though. Don't don't get me wrong. He could do some stuff on a basketball floor. He is an exciting young player, but he is an intense guy. Very intense, Kevin Porter Jr. Extreme in the intensity. In any event, maybe. Maybe it was just him. Maybe that was all it took to shake Steph out of it. Because that really did. I mean, there was a stretch there where you could tell he was hot and he was firing crazy threes. And he even had a super high arcer going. And I got to believe after all the times he's done that in Houston, there's a certain comfort level to that building. So I, I feel like we can say Steph is back. Let's say it. But in addition to that, I think some other good stuff tonight. Moses Moody, pretty solid performance. Not excellent, but pretty solid. Getting there. Looks more comfortable than he did in his first few stints earlier in the season. Obviously, he's killing the G League, which tells you he's definitely an NBA player. Still has to get comfort with some things, but when he gets a minute, (laughs) that sounds like I'm being insulting, but I mean it, you know, Colloquially, when he has a a solid second to line it up, he's got a good three-point shot. So, you know, I, I imagine they're working on things like shooting a little better with a hand in your face and getting it off quicker in traffic and, you know, what he can do attacking the rim, but he's really long. And he seems to have a really good handle on what he ought to be doing out there. And he hit his open threes tonight for the most part. I think that's about all you can ask from a 19-year-old in his first start. So shout out to Moses Moody. Another really solid performance from Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, there's always going to be complaints about Andrew Wiggins' consistency, I guess, because he does have a tendency to, to fade into the background but I I do think he is getting better at choosing his spots. Felt like they needed somebody to generate some offense in the first half tonight. And he really had it going, and he really was the engine of the offense just with his own individual scoring for much of that first half. And then, you know, he faded into the background a little bit in the second half when Steph took over. And, I, you know, I think this is sort of the essence of why Andrew Wiggins was always a little miscast as a number one overall pick, centerpiece of a franchise. Like, I'm not sure he ever was going to be that, but he seems to be getting a better feel for, like, okay, now's my time to do what I can do. And he's certainly really capable of helping the Warriors by having that understanding and of by successfully 
making stuff happen when when he does feel like it's his moment. 888-957-9570. A good win, I think. A road win that you end up uh, cruising, uh, not cruising, I should say, but but you end up comfortable at the end of it. Not uh, needing last-second heroics from Steph like last time. And overall, like, pretty good defense, I thought. Again, Houston made some tough shots, but but pretty good defense overall. And obviously, the Steph performance. A lot to like tonight. 888-957-9570. Let's go to Fuego. What's happening, Fuego? Hey there, Kolsky. Love the show. I loved you on Damon Rado and Kolsky first off, so it's awesome that you have your own show. Um, I want to say first off, I think it's something about the Rockets that Steph comes out to play for, and I know Steph is a consummate professional. Any team, he's going to bring his A game. But what do you think? It's the it's something about the Rockets, right? And then other quickly, I want to ask you what the nature of a slump for a superstar means, like. We, we think Steph can always play to this level, but as soon as he dips, we get worried that he's in the slump, and he has been. But what do you think in general it means to be in a slump for a superstar? Thanks. Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? Because we're, we're judging everybody on sort of a curve. Well, I should answer the first question first. What was the first question again? think it was is it something about the rockets yeah i mean i think uh, kevin porter uh poked the bear a little bit and uh, he's obviously comfortable in that building but who knows man and that's part of the thing like what does a slump mean in general is just you know usually when we're talking about a slump it's because we don't have a great answer like if 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 it came out tomorrow that steph has a broken ring finger on his shooting hand Nobody would continue to call it like it, even if you continue to call it a slump, it would take on a different characteristic, right? What makes this like a slump in the truest sense is we don't really know why. But as far as what it means for a superstar to be in a slump, this we this is exactly what it means, right? What we've just seen from Steph. It's a weird thing to say because despite being in a quote unquote slump, they've in the two games, I'm sorry, the three games that he has missed uh, since middle of December, they lost by 19 to Toronto. They lost by five to New Orleans and they lost by 20 to Minnesota which is they lost by 20-ish to mediocre teams and lost to one of the worst teams in basketball. They obviously benefit from Steph being on the floor, even in a slump, hugely benefit. And that's for any number of reasons. He still draws a ton of attention, even if he's not shooting well. He is a really good point guard in his own right and generally especially during this slump has done a decent job of keeping his turnovers down a bit. So I, I think for someone who is, for instance, just a shooter, just to name someone random, uh, Kyle Corver, a slump is a, is a killer. You go from valuable to not 
even for most role players, you know, if your shot goes away, I don't know. You, you, who needs you? But for Steph, the shot has gone away for a little while. But A, I think because of who he is and because of his track record and because he's a true superstar, there's more belief that it'll come back. And B, because he's so good in so many other ways, you still desperately want him on the floor. And, you know, the obviously the other part of it is when he does snap out of it, he might have a night like tonight. I, I think we can say he the, the slump is over. I declare three out of four games of more Steph-like performances, that equals end of slump. There we go. And by the way, don't look now, but this is a six-game winning streak for the Golden State Warriors. They've now won seven out of eight. And it feels like whatever sort of slump they fell into when Draymond Green first sort of vanished. <laughs> it's a weird thing, right? Because the last time we saw Draymond Green on the court was when he like made a token appearance. So he and Stefan Clay could all be on the court at the same time. It's like the worst tease. And in a way, it seems as though the team felt that to an extent. That I, I, not necessarily the way he departed, I guess, but it just the tease of God. We were this close to Steph and Clay and Draymond being back together again, this close, and another injury obstacle. It's heartbreaking. It's the 2019 Finals. It's the 2019 Finals. Someone's tweeting, Steph in a slump. Watch what he's saying in this video. I can't watch the video. I'm doing a radio show. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what he's saying in the video. And I'm not necessarily saying you should be concerned. But he has been in a slump. That's just a fact. He has not been shooting to his standard. That's what a slump is when we're talking about someone who shoots a basketball. Again, that's why... It's different for a star to be in a slump. A star like Steph, a true, you know, generational superstar who can affect the game in so many ways. And and in a lot of ways, Steph is better suited to continue affecting the game than most superstars in a slump. Just because, I mean, we've seen it. He still gets double teamed constantly sometimes off the ball. He's still, you know, every time he sets a screen or someone sets a screen for him, it seems like both defenders, at least for a second, are worried about Steph Curry. And that stuff has a huge positive effect for the other players. So, you know, I don't know what your video says, but 
I can certainly imagine that it's Steph saying, you know what? I was never worried about it. I don't think about slumps, blah, blah, blah. And that's fine and good. And I'm, and I'm happy for him. But a slump is a slump, and he's been in one. <laughs> that's just a fact. With all due respect, he has been in a slump. And hopefully that that longest stretch of subpar shooting of his career is coming to an end. That's all. I think there's reason to believe that. But again, like, superstar slump, too. It doesn't mean you don't want him on the floor. The last 11 games before he got hurt, LeBron was shooting under 30% from three-point range. He was slumping. It happens. You still are better with him on the floor than without. 888-957-9570 if you want to join the program. 424 Texter says, when Curry's locked in like tonight, they don't lose. 831 Curry's in MVP form. True story. 510 Tim did say this was his regular season career high for the fourth quarter. That seems crazy though because he has like thir- didn't they say he has 36 or 37 20 point fourth quarters? Are they all exactly 20? Or 21? Those are the highest? That seems crazy, doesn't it? I don't know. Let's go to Mike in San Francisco. 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in on Steph, on Moses Moody's first start, on anything that happened in Houston tonight. What's happening, Mike? What's up, Cole PA? Uh, good win tonight. I know Houston's record's not good, but they played the Warriors tough uh, multiple times here. I mean, the Warriors really have to get Curry, a little Curry flurries, I call it, in that fourth quarter, put them away. And honestly, they should have lost that game when Curry hit the uh, – buzzer bitty back at chase so this is a pesky young team and they do got some talent that porter kid if he can keep his head straight they really got something in him and that christian wood they got a nice little squad assembled it's gonna be interesting to see them but uh as far as the warriors go take care of your business i think they're gonna clean up on this road trip here i mean honestly i think they go undefeated maybe if they have a slip up they lose one game but uh as far as curry goes we know he's been in a prolonged slip but the good thing about this team is Unlike uh, last year's team where they pretty much have to carry the team for them to win, this team is more balanced. And other guys pick them up. It's Wiggins one night. It can it can be, obviously, with Kelly back, it, it could be somebody off the bench. So I just like the collection of this team. And even when he's not shooting at his best, this team picks each other up, and they're still able to win games, even in a slug-it-out defensive-style uh, game if they have to. So that's the sign of a really good team. And when you're not playing your best, you're still winning at the rate the uh, the Warriors and win. Now, obviously, nobody's winning like them with the exception of Phoenix, who's just he's just rolling right now. So I don't, it's going to be interesting to see if they can eventually catch them. I hope they do. I don't think so because Phoenix is just, you know, they're just, they're just unbelievable, man. I don't know what's going on in Phoenix, but Chris Paul has really reinvented himself. So um, what do you think about this road trip? I don't think they lose. Maybe, maybe a slip-up, but I think they go undefeated. Uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, uh, no reason they can't sweep the road trip. I mean, we'll see what happens, but they're better than 
all the teams that they're playing. So that'd be great. You never know on the road, back to back. Steph played a lot of minutes tonight. Um, oh, and I guess Sacramento's at home in the middle of it. So it's, you know, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Utah are the, are the three teams they play on the road. But there is Sacramento at home on Thursday. Uh, but really all five of these games, including tonight, are extremely winnable games. And by the way, Knicks and Lakers at home, followed by a game in L.A. against the Clippers, are all winnable games, too. This is a, And they're already on a six-game win streak. This is a chance for the Warriors to continue to get fat. And these are all teams that even without Draymond Green, they're certainly capable of beating, you know, tonight, even more shorthanded without Otto Porter. Uh, good news for the rest of that. There's only one back to back in that whole stretch. I just mentioned, in fact, after tomorrow, they only have one more back to back before the all-star break. So they, they have sort of a nice, downhill roll into the all-star break and you know JD and I were discussing this before the game the standings the way they sit right now give the Warriors if they do sort of clean up on this stretch a real opportunity to clear some space I mean look the Grizzlies are playing pretty well so I don't know that you'll clear too much more space from them, but the Warriors are eight games ahead of the Utah Jazz right now. And, you know, look, Phoenix has won 10 in a row. Dubs three games behind them. But they're not going to win forever. And you might even get a chance to gain some ground on them. But whether or not you do, there's definitely an opportunity to get to a point where it becomes unrealistic that you would fall further than third. And, and I think, again, like J.D. and I were talking about before the game, I think we know what this team can be. You know, the one piece we obviously haven't seen essentially at all with any of the important players, uh, for much anyway, is James Wiseman. And... As time goes on, and and to my knowledge, he still has not been cleared for contact. It just becomes more and more far-fetched that he's going to have a significant impact on the season. So, sorry, I was distracted by a text. It took several texts to get this through my thick skull, and I don't know why, but uh, 415 texter. It's uh, 20-point quarters total that he broke the record of with Kobe. It's fourth quarter regular season career high. Got it. Thank you to everyone who put in extra work so that I could finally understand what the heck was going on there. (laughs) Also, a 650 texter saying, I loved Mark Jackson's line during the Saturday night game versus Brooklyn. By the definition of Steph Curry's slump, 
a 38% field goal percentage. Mark Jackson was in a slump for 17 years. <laughs> anyway, the longer Wiseman remains out, and to my knowledge, to, uh, uh, to respond to a 408 texter, there is no update as far as I'm aware of. And uh, someone please correct me if I miss something. But I, I absolutely wish the best for the kid. I certainly, certainly still believe he has a chance to be a good basketball player. But he was supposed to be cleared for con. I mean, the first time we heard he was close to being cleared for contact was early December, right? Uh, the latest, as I understand it, was this weekend when they said, you know, he's still doing individual work, still not cleared for contact, no update on when he might be precisely. You know, I don't think it's... I don't think there's any funny business other than incredibly cautious business because, quite frankly, they've survived quite well without him. But they are just on the razor's edge of not having the size to compete. And if there was one thing that was a little bit concerning tonight for me, it was the degree to which they gave up offensive rebounds. And look, they still end up out-rebounding the Rockets, and the Rockets obviously shot the ball much worse than the Warriors did, so there were more rebounds to be had. But I, I just think there are too many times when the Warriors are getting beat on size. You know, guys are doing their best, more or less in the right places, doing the right things, and they're too small. And look, I think they may be able to get away with it. Obviously, they largely have gotten away with it so far. I'm not sure what the right answer is because I really like the team that they have. But gosh, I, I do think they are a loony injury away from being in a big man emergency. And that's a little concerning to me. Now, there's nothing you can do about the roster spot Wiseman takes up. And I just don't know how you can count on anything from him. Certainly, if you're talking about needing someone in a big postseason situation, you know, it's been, what? We're getting on a year since he played, I got to imagine, right? I'd have to look up when his last game was, but it's not a great situation. 408 Texter says Warriors need to add another big man before the trade deadline can't rely on Wiseman the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about. And I, you know, again, I don't know that there's anything to his absence other than he had that second surgery and the warriors are going to be extra cautious, but The whole thing for this year seems far-fetched to believe that he's the answer to the uh, what-if-we-need-more-size issue. And to answer my own question, his last game was April, so it hasn't quite been. But what, we're at 
almost 10 months. We're approaching 10 months since he last played. And I, I think it would be unrealistic to expect him to do too much in a serious way this year. Uh, speaking of guys who haven't had much of a chance to do too much this year, Moses Moody, uh, one of the guys who got to talk after tonight's game, and I think we'd like to hear from him just a little bit. We'll get to Steve Kerr's comments coming up after our break in a little while, but a great opportunity for Moses Moody, and uh, obviously after getting a start and playing reasonably well and the team wins, he felt good. It felt felt really good. Felt really good. Um, it's a lot, a lot that goes into it. So to get the opportunity and come out with the win and have a pretty good performance, feeling good. A uh, man of not so many words, apparently. I, I the other thing I want to hear is he talked specifically about sort of what his I don't know what to call it uh, development uh, process has been like this year. Especially lately, even more so than Kaminga, he is shuttling back and forth. He, in fact, was in Austin playing for the G League team last night. So he's got a back-to-back-to-back, which actually, you know, J.D. and I talked about him starting again tomorrow night, and I wonder because it would be his third straight night starting in a row. But he talked about the sort of back-and-forth process, and, and I think it's important that he's the sort of kid that despite being a first-round pick and not a low first round pick, you know, a, a end of lottery pick. He's, he's good with what's happening. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it surreal. I've done it so much now. And by this point, you know, just going up and down and, and just playing. So at this point in the season, I feel comfortable to, uh, to get in and play as many, as much as my coach and my team needs me to, uh, whether if that's here, rather if it's, the, if, rather if it's there, those are still just obstacles and things that I got to overcome because I mean, no matter how far you get, you still going to have obstacles. And just because they might look different right now, those same tactics and maneuvers that I use to get past those obstacles now will carry me on. So those same obstacles come in the future. I'll still have those same tools and techniques. It's an interesting guy. I really liked what I saw tonight. And again, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are people who hear that and say, oh yeah, what's so great? You know, I watched the game too. The the kid hit a few threes. Otherwise, whatever. And to an extent, that's true. But he he is a really solid defender. He's a guy that, with his length, I think can provide some really good help defense around the rim, which is something this team can always benefit from because they don't really have a full-size rim protector at center. You know, help defense rim protection. Is he, look at what Andrew Wiggins has done in that respect for this team. I, I, I think what Moody gives you is a guy with a higher ceiling who projects at the very least to be able to do a lot of what guys like Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson do but potentially more in the years to come. And right now he's 19 years old and he's already a pretty darn good three-point shooter, at least when he gets a good look. He's already a at least average, if not better, NBA defender. And he looks more and more comfortable every time he's out there. So going down and dominating the G League is only going to help. But 
I, I really do hope we start to see, you know, a, a significant amount of Moses Moody playing for this team. Uh, Damian Lee, I feel bad. It, you know, he got nine minutes tonight. And I, I think some of those were garbage time, at least a minute or so. And that's tough. Damian Lee has done a lot for this team. And a lot of it's been really good. Other nights, it'll be Juan Toscano-Anderson who is relegated to garbage time. But, you know, between Gary Payton II and Jordan Poole, and I think the more we get to see Moses Moody, the more it will be clear that, yes, it's, it's rare that a team contending for a title is using rookies or otherwise very young players in legitimate rotation spots. And there may be times in the postseason, even if Moody is in that rotation, where you do need to go to Damian Lee or Juan Toscano-Anderson instead for some experience. But I think it also needs to be acknowledged that the reason the Warriors have these young players on the team that they're on is because of very unique circumstances. And so it shouldn't be that shocking that they have the chance to be a very unique team as compared to other competitors in the history of the NBA. And by competitors, I mean, you know, title threats. Because almost never has a team... I mean, you think about... And and don't... Don't misunderstand me. No one on this team is Tim Duncan. Uh, None of these young players are going to become Tim Duncan. But, you know, the last notable champion getting really big contributions from a whatever he was, second year player, I want to say. It's probably those Spurs. And... I'm not comparing anything other than the way they got Duncan was their best players were hurt. (laughs) And so they got an uncharacteristically high draft pick for a team this good. And the good news is the Warriors are deep enough and have enough talent at the top that they don't need any of their young players to do a, a Tim Duncan load of lifting. So, to me, the the I'm not going to say it's critical for the future or anything, because ultimately, in the long run, I don't believe Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody will be much worse off if they don't play a minute in the playoffs. But it certainly is beneficial to the future if they do play some minutes and if they are able to be positive contributors. And I think the more we see of them now, the more that's a possibility. So, you know, fingers crossed. I am hoping to see a bit more of it, even though that probably comes at the cost of players I quite enjoy. We're going to take a quick break. Still time for you to jump in and talk Warriors before we give you a little Niners content at the end of the night. Little little bit of Niners sadness for you at the end of the night. Don't worry. 
888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in before we get to that. We also have lots of Steve Kerr comments to get to, so plenty to do still on Warriors Wrap-Up. I'm Matt Kolsky. We'll be right back with you on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Up top to Clay Thompson. Bad pass deflected into the backcourt by Shangun. Grabbed by Clay with three, with two. Drives on him, goes up and throws up a spinning shot. It's up and good and he draws a foul and bounces back up off the hardwood helped up by Toscano Anderson. Now back to Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Here's Matt Kolsky. We are back on Warriors Wrap Up. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to get in touch. Several texts from different 510 texters. Any chance of cutting Chioza and signing a young big trust the development staff? Just a thought. Sure. Yeah, or Weatherspoon. I mean, I have no attachment to either one of them. No offense. I don't know what a, whether that's a difference maker. Yeah, that's really trusting the development staff. Another 510 texter, unless someone's available in the buyout market, there's nobody you can make any difference to trade for. That may be true as well. Like I said, I, I'm not sure there is a trade. I'm not sure that makes sense. I just, I'm concerned. It's something I'd be looking at. It's something I'd at least be looking at. This is the toughest question from our last 510 texter. When do you think Draymond will come back, honestly? I just don't know, man. Backs are so tricky. And we don't really know what the injury is. And now he's headed to see a specialist. It doesn't sound great. I got my fingers crossed. And I think there's plenty reason to believe he'll be back in time for the playoffs. The question is how long before? Let's go to Ben in Hayward out on the phone lines. What's happening, Ben? Hey, Kolsky, great show. 
You know, uh, I'm thinking uh, with the Warriors right now, they seem like Steph Curry came out of the gate sprinting, and it's only February. He's got a long way to go. And it just seems like the way this team is built, it, it would have been fine had we taken LaMelo Ball instead of Wiseman because he's a younger point guard. It's exactly what we needed, a backup guard that could have just played 10, 15 minutes every night for Steph, and he could score. And that's ex- and pass is exactly what we needed. You know, it's like it's like basketball karma. He said, "Hey, Warriors, here's this perfect backup for Steph, so you won't have to burn him out the whole season. He's sitting right here, and you know he's waiting for you to draft him. But for some reason, Steve Kerr doesn't like, you know, he doesn't want to draft Lamelo Ball, so he purposely doesn't draft him, and, t- and we take Weissman. Weissman turns out to be like one of the biggest stiffs. Like it's set number two overall pick. All right, you can stop." Uh, we don't know. We just don't know what James Wiseman is. Uh, Lamelo's great, you know, and it's you can see how he would fit. There's no question about it. I don't know that it was Steve Kerr that decided anything. I do know that everybody likes to assign full power to whoever in the organization they're mad at at any given moment, right? there's no way that Steve Kerr overruled the rest of the organization and said, I know everyone wants to draft LaMelo, but screw you guys. We're not doing it. That did not happen. Now, was Steve Kerr against drafting LaMelo ball? Maybe. I don't even know. And I would argue that you don't either. Uh, I mean, some people out there do, but it's a very small number. And I don't think Bob Myers is listening. But this organization works pretty well as a group. And I really do think they come to most of these decisions as essentially a group. You know, some voices carry more weight. I imagine everybody has, you know, some level of veto power on things. But they drafted Wiseman because organizationally they thought it was going to be a better fit. And I think in retrospect, fit concerns about LaMelo were largely overrated. Defensive concerns, maybe not, but his potential on that end is pretty great, and he's not bad. Some concerns there. I think certainly if there were concerns about culture or his father, those were overblown. If there were concerns about just like being able to play him alongside Steph and Clay, they seem like they're going to do that with Jordan Poole. And, uh, yeah, we may look back and say they should have taken LaMelo Ball. But I'm not ready to make that decision just yet, and I doubt they are either. And, you know, if Wiseman does turn out to be very good, having a big to play next to Steph may ultimately extend his career and championship window as much as playing next to LaMelo would have. We also just don't know how different things would have been for LaMelo playing in a situation like here where he probably would have had a very different role to start. I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns is the problem with the fury at Steve Kerr for screwing you over and not taking LaMelo ball. But certainly in the early going... LaMelo Ball's been awesome, and James Wiseman's been largely absent, and that's not great.
Steph Curry spoke after tonight's game. And uh, <laughs> naturally, he was asked about Kevin Porter Jr. and whether all that trash talking set him off. It's a nice game within the game. And it's not the, not the first, not going to be the last time. You always try to bring another level of, you always have it, but you definitely bring another level of competitiveness when fun stuff like that happens during the game. I take it all as entertainment, and sometimes you need a little, a little boost. So I never really play into it much. Obviously, I ain't seen nothing back, so just just hoop and have fun with it. <laughs> okay, but apparently that was not the end of conversations with Kevin Porter. I mean, I can do I guess, a good job yeah. of separating the 48 minutes and everything else in terms of quote-unquote giving back to the game because I had a lot of people that did that for me. And he asked a solid question on how I approach a certain part of the game. And I want to give him what I knew. Like I said, he kind of passed the torch on to give some of that wisdom off. But I had to wait till after the buzzer. I love that. I, I, I mean, Kevin Porter, again, like, he's extremely intense. He could probably use some chill. But he's an incredible talent. And obviously, you know, being interested in improving is not the issue. I, I, I love a young player who's ready to compete hard and even talk trash to a legend and then acknowledge after the game, like, I need to get schooled a little bit by someone of your caliber. Tell me something I need to know. Help me get better. That's that's great. I love that stuff. Another thing I love is the patented curry flurry. Certainly got one of those tonight, and, and Steph talked about getting hot. I mean, yeah, you know when you're in, zone, in that zone, but you always feel like the next shot is going to start a vibe like that. And that's why it's obviously there's no secret how I've been shooting the ball recently. But the confidence is always like it just takes one to ignite a night like that in the fourth quarter like that. And me and coach had a conversation this morning just about where we are in the season and, and all that. And he made a comment on it's like he never coached somebody like me that, you know, could shoot the way I have been. And he's hesitant to talk about what shots I should take and all that because my confidence is through the roof and in my game and, and the work that you put in is going to show up eventually. So, you know, that's that's the way you have to approach it. So it's the, it's the ma major even keel, you know, approach. Like this 82-game schedule and year after year after year after year, there's so many different emotional roller coaster rides that you can go on, but uh, you just got to stick with the program. Steph also was asked tonight, and, and I, I think this is something we're all kind of interested in, just about the, how much his slump is talked about. And it, does it affect you, the attention that the slump gets? It's the gift and the curse of the bar that you set. Like, it's part of the nature. You can get all the praise when things are going well. And obviously, you know, there's something to talk about when I don't meet that level. And it's not so much the commentary, because I obviously, when I walk off the court, I'm the first one to judge the way that I play and understand when I don't meet that level. And you try to, you know, deal with the frustration when that, you know, happens, you know, over a consistent period of time. And obviously, it's, it's a little new, but it, it's keeping me kind of dialed in on how, 
to still impact the game, you know, even if shots aren't falling. Understand that when they do fall, we're extremely tough to beat. We're already tough to beat, but that's got to be a part of us trying to win a championship. So, like I said, it just requires you to remove yourself from the moment and understand the big picture of all the work that you put in is going to show up, and it has before, and it's going to do it again. I, I don't know that there's anybody better suited to handle these sorts of things than Steph Curry. I, I don't know that there's another athlete that gets it more. And I don't know that there's another truly elite superstar who can explain themselves so clearly to a layperson. I don't know what it's like to, to, you know, look, I've, had my fair share of heaters on a pickup court, but I don't know what it's like to have the crazy explosions that Steph Curry has the same way, you know, none of us will ever know what it's like to have a 20-game a slump, which in the grand scheme of things is nothing, and have the whole world freaking out. And he just distills the important things so well. I don't know that I've ever seen a superstar athlete who so consistently keeps himself, I don't know if it's grounded, keeps himself focused on the right parts. Everyone's talking about how you're the greatest shooter in the history of the world. And everyone has been talking for over a month about how badly you're shooting. And somehow you managed to keep the focus on, hey, man, do it, work, it'll come. That's what I understand. I've done it before, I'll do it again. The work is still there, the results will come. And I mean, I think, you know, part of that is the, uh, part of that attitude is why superstars sometimes have trouble the day when eventually, which happens to us all, it doesn't come anymore. <laughs> it's, don't take that out of context. But I don't think we're there. He clearly doesn't believe we're there. And his ability to keep the main thing the main thing is really impressive. The head coach likes him too, as you might imagine. And uh, he was feeling good watching Steph go for 21 in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've seen... We've seen Steph do that a million times, so it was bound to happen, even though it's been a couple of weeks or whatever it's been. So not surprising, but fun to see, just to see him, you know, kind of shake free and have a game like he did. More on Steph from Steve. Not really. You know, he just, uh, when he gets going, he the, the game's his, and, you know, we just kind of let him, let him do what he wants to do. And if we see something, then we might call a play during a timeout, but, you know, he was just going and the guys did a good job of setting screens for him and, and spacing the floor. And, and he just, he got loose. Yeah. I mean, look, that's one thing you do have a little concern about without Draymond is when Steph gets it going, is someone going <laughs> to step in front of him accidentally, uh, figuratively speaking, you know, is Wiggins going to decide it's his turn or Jordan Poole? But tonight it was really as soon as he and, – and I think, look, the slump is part of that. Guys are aware 
Steph needs to feel it. Like it's been long enough. Steph needs a Steph needs a hot run. And so as soon as he started hitting, as soon as he started going nuclear, it was basically set screens and hand the ball off to Steph at every opportunity. I liked it. I also liked what I saw from Andrew Wiggins tonight. And boy, he he really showed up early in the game when nothing was going for the other big name warriors and and he is just getting to a point where they can really lean on him yeah wigs he's a machine i mean night in and night out you know he just he scores he defends he's i thought his activity defensively down the stretch was huge he came over from the weak side several times made great contests forced missed shots uh, and then Looney was cleaning everything up as usual, you know, 14 rebounds tonight. So it was a tricky game. You know, they, I thought they, uh, Houston was great at the end of the third quarter. We had a, maybe an 18 point lead and they made three tough threes to, to climb back in it. And it just never felt comfortable until, you know, the final two minutes or so. I give the Rockets a lot of credit. They, they get a lot of young guys who are athletic and talented and they play hard and they hung in there and we had to play really well to beat them. Yeah, like I said, I I really thought the Rockets were good. You know, they played above their usual standard, and and I thought the like like Steve just said, I thought the Warriors needed a pretty good performance, especially in their depleted state, to to get this win tonight. Even though it ended up being semi comfortable at the very end. Obviously, uh, one of the stories of the night: Moses Moody getting the start. Steve, how did the rookie look? Moody was great. He just knows how to play. He's tough. He's physical. He's got long arms, good defender. You know, he understands angles, understands verticality, and he's an excellent shooter. So, you know, I think he knocked down three threes tonight. He spaces the floor. He knows when to shoot. Just he, he knows how to play. He's done such a great job all season of competing day in and day out in practice in Santa Cruz, in scrimmages, in you know, the final two minutes when we put him in to a game that's in hand, he's just consistent with his effort and his approach. So he's wise beyond his years and a very talented player. So really, really excited about Moses. If you just think about what it sounded like when Steve Kerr talked about James Wiseman last year, and it's not that he was down on Wiseman. I just think they really, really, really like these rookies this year. They really like their approach. They really like their effort and engagement level for the most part. And, you know, I think they're probably pleasantly surprised at how much both guys are able to give them at this point. And as far as whether they will continue to play, here's what Steve had to say. I've talked to Moses about that and he understands. And as I said, he's handled everything beautifully and you know, he had a great game in Austin last night for Santa Cruz. And I've been trying to get him out there and give him a real opportunity for, for a while. I just believe in him. And I think he's uh, got a real chance to, uh, to make a big impact for us, you know, the, the, the rest of the season. So he's put himself in a great spot. That's exciting. I think he would say the same about Jonathan Kaminga. And to have two 19-year-old rookies that you feel like can contribute. You know, look, if either of these guys is starting, you've obviously got some issues in terms of who's available. If either of these guys is playing more than 
you know, 20 minutes in a playoff game, you've probably got some issues. But to have two guys at 19, both clearly with lots of interesting upside, you know, Kaminga more and, and in a different way, but Moody as well. Lots of interesting upside in that player. I mean, at the very least, you can imagine him being like a Mikhail Bridges type of 3 and D super role player. And that would be a heck of a guy to pick up. That's not what he is now. But with the potential to be that, just the, the, the fact that at 19, these guys are ready to give you something that can help you win an NBA game today, I think that's really noteworthy. I, and I think, you know, because of those things, because of Steph Curry, tonight was a really good night. <laughs> like, I, I think it's a really exciting time to be following this team, to be a fan of this team. And, I you know, you don't want to get too excited about a win over the Houston Rockets. They have 14 wins on the season. They are as bad as the Warriors are good. But they played pretty well tonight. And, you know, the Warriors were starting a 19-year-old rookie. As far as Klay Thompson, I, I, again, the last thing I'm going to worry about is the shot. It did seem like he was forcing it again a little bit more tonight. I just think a lot of this is circumstantial. I wonder how much he looks at it and says, oh, man, I'm not playing tomorrow. I got to get him off tonight. Like, I just think a lot of the... Weirdness of some of Clay's minutes will go away when he gets to play a full complement of minutes again. For now, he's clearly frustrated having to come out as much as he does. You know, I think Clay prides himself in the ability to play a ton. So I think that'll come around, but all in all, I'm feeling really good about this team right now, and I think tonight was super encouraging on a lot of levels. That'll be the end of Warriors wrap-up, and unfortunately that means we're going to talk about something that uh, hasn't had such a good 24 hours, and that is 49ers football. I know it's a sad time, but uh, we got to talk about it. And one of the best at talking about football is Peter King. He joined Damon and Ratto earlier this afternoon And they got into all things football from the Niners to the Super Bowl. So we will get to that coming up next. We go from Warriors wrap up to Kolsky and company. Thanks for hanging with us and talking Warriors. Another game tomorrow at San Antonio. Tip is 530. I'll be back with you for the post game. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.